All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back on a Monday edition of the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Hope you're having an awesome day. Of course, got 48 games this week, if you're counting, on the NHL skid to uh, fill your uh, lots of options. If you like uh, player prop shots, box shots, goals, assists, power play points, you get it all at PlayAlberta.ca. If you've yet to use it, use the promo code SPORTS50 and get your free $50 wager. It's time now for... The Spec Report brought to you by GS Construction. And man, hey, it's, uh, it's good to be a GS right now. They're getting set to celebrate 50 years in business uh, coming up this uh, summer. And also, hey, it could be good for you because they are hiring. Man, imagine coming in in the 49th and 6th month time of the company. You get to celebrate all the big party stuff. It'll be amazing. Perfect time to come in working for a great company. Looking for uh, pipe layers, pipe layer helpers, uh, top men, top women. Uh, lead hands, operators, uh, water and sewer foreman, and more. Check it out. Indeed.com and look up GS Construction as uh, Mark Spector uh, joins us. He always does at this time. Spec, the, uh, let's get your thoughts. Uh, how would you rank the Super Bowl, Hello. Spec? What was, uh, what was on tap at the, uh, at the Spector house for, uh, Super Bowl munchies? Uh, well, I went to a party, actually. Okay. All right. Which was awesome. I got off the plane about. 2.30 and was Ooh. at a party at about 4.30. Nice. And there was lots of great food, a few drinks, and uh, you know what? It's a good time. The game itself, I mean, through three quarters, she was a very boring foot. Just no plays. No mm-hmm. any plays. Yeah. Right? There was no plays in that game. Some fumbles, and there was that nice trick play on the San Francisco touchdown. 
and we all will forget about those first three quarters because the fourth and the overtime was awesome. And yeah. At least we got a good football game in the end. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, it's not how you start; it's how you finish, as they say. So, uh, good yes, for good. Absolutely. Yeah, good for them. Um, the uh, the Oilers um, in Anaheim, they get the win. Uh, they lose in L.A. And, you know, they go one and two on the road trip. Uh, I thought they actually played pretty well in Vegas. Um, L.A. kind of meh started. Their first line uh, wasn't good at all uh, in, in L.A. The the uh, dry side line was the best line all weekend long. But really now, if you go back to 12 games here, Speck, it's, it's a span where they've been winning with defense and some timely goals. And then there's a few games where they put McDavid and dry saddle and they carried him. But when their four lines are separated, they, they haven't gotten any consistency really extended from any of their lines offensively. They create lots, but their finish just isn't there across the board for the most part. No, it's not right now for sure. And even during the streak, they went into a lot of third periods and won one ties. Yeah. Right? In, in a game where they're losing 2-1. They haven't scored a lot, but they won all those games based on on being a really strong defensive team with excellent goaltending. So yeah. to me, if, if that's what you're trying to recreate. When did How did we play when we played our best hockey of the season, right? We were really stingy and really good defensively. What's the kind of hockey that's going to win down the stretch is going to win in the playoffs? We all know what it is. Yeah, It's not 5-4 hockey. I love goals just like the next guy. I found some of those games boring, just like the next guy. That's how you win. And if the Oilers, you know, I see a team that's finally figured out how to win that way, and I see a team that's finally maybe figured out how to win all the way to the Stanley Cup. It's that way. You don't go to the Stanley Cup playing 5-4 hockey. No one ever does. It doesn't happen. This team's going to have to figure out their old ways and get back to it. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is that they just can't keep playing catch-up all the time. That's I don't care who you are. It's not a recipe for success. I think you're going to come back, as you mentioned, down the third. Their first periods uh, have, have to be better, and I think they're capable of it. And they actually have a pretty good, pretty good test of games this week. Detroit comes in. They're 10-2-2 two two in their last 14 games. They're, they're red hot. They got themselves into a playoff spot again. Uh, then you got the St. Louis Blues, who under former order Drew Bannister are having a hell of a run. And then you got uh, the Dallas Stars, one of the best teams in the league. So this is a really good week for the Orders to kind of see where they're at after, you know, let's see how they bounce back. Because the one thing I don't think the Orders can do, Spec, is, you know, you had that great run, but now all of a sudden if you go back into a 10-game stretch where you pick three wins up, it, it's like it just it negates everything. they they got to avoid that. Yeah, you got to find a way even to get some loser points. Uh, you're right. You have to right this ship. I'm, they're not going to start another eight-game streak. You know, these are tough teams. Their schedule is going to start getting more compact. They got to pick up five games on everybody else here, uh, certainly on Vegas anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to survive a little better. You just, they're going to have to. St. Louis has been a bit of a graveyard for this team over the years. <laughs> yeah. And so is Dallas, Jason, right? Yeah. Both those towns. And, and often they play them on the road on the same trip. So this is a good test, right? They've got a home game against Detroit. You better get a point out of this thing because you're going on a tough trip for the Oilers. And, Let's see how they fare. Are they? Are they? You know. I guess what I want to know, Jay, is is that hockey they played in the sixteen game winning streak. That to me, when they were winning three two and three one, that's the best hockey I've all around game I've seen this team play. Can they? Can they? Get, you know, it, was that a fluke? Was that fool's gold? Was that something they just found for a month and lost? Or is that the way they can play? If they if they can regain that, if that's at their fingertips then I got no worries about this team. 
27 games, no goals. Speck, uh, eventually your uh, your ability on the penalty kill uh, only goes so far. Uh, Matthias Janmark will come out. Uh, Sam Gagne uh, will come in. I know uh, many order fans have been clamoring for uh, for for Sam Gagne to get back in. Uh, what do they call him as a joke? Papa Clutch, I think, inside the uh, the dressing room. So because all he's done when he's getting yeah. is found a way to chip in because you know they need some more production uh, from their bottom guys. Brown doesn't have a goal. Janmark doesn't have a goal in, in twenty. Uh, seven games, right? Uh, Derek Ryan's actually been getting outscored. Eh, not great here over this, even during the winning streak. So, yeah, they're definitely going to need an, an uptick from their fourth line. Yeah, they are, and there's no reason for Sam Garnier to sit around this long, right? If, if you know, I look at Janmark as a guy that he's not going to score much. He's a fourth-line winger. He helps me in the playoffs. He's a playoff-type guy. I like Janmark, but he can sit a game out here and there. Brown has not earned his ice time. Right, you know, the deal with Brown is this: if they get a right winger at the trade deadline, Brown's in the press box, and I don't know when he's coming out. You know, who's who's go- if they get a right winger at the trade deadline, right? Who comes out of your lineup? It's not Hyman, it's not the new guy, it's not Perry, right? It's probably Brown. So that's a problem. You know, he's going to have to deal with that. Gagne should play. Gagne is a fourth-line guy who produces. The other two guys are fourth-line guys who don't produce. There's no reason for Gagne to sit in the press box this long. No, no, not, not at all. So, right. um, No reason. No no reason at all. Ryan hasn't produced because he's had, he's had two anchors on his wing. <laughs> you know, to, to, try to, to try to pull out Ryan's stats and say, oh, he's getting outscored. No kidding, he's getting outscored. Look what he plays with every night. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Uh, it's uh, very true. Mark Spector uh, joins us. Uh, they did uh, the defense uh, experiment for a short-lived time. Nurse is back with CeCe today. Uh, DeHarnay was back with uh, Kulak. And, uh, you know, Coach said, hey, it was, God, we just wanted to see some things. You know, it was, it was short-term. It's not enough to get a real assessment of, of what they want. But, you know, can we read more into it, Spec? Is is this them thinking, hey, we just wanted to see something. Maybe it's a, you know, trade-oriented. Maybe it's just a way to try to, you know, send a wake-up call to some of their defensemen because obviously they're not, none of them are playing poorly enough to get taken out of the lineup by any stretch of the imagination. They don't even have an extra defenseman well, anyway to do that. But, you know, what do you make of the uh, the yeah. quick shift back? I was just, you know what, you try it and see. If you don't try it, you don't know. You know, and I think the coach is looking at this. He's looking at his team. They just lost two out of three. They didn't look very good in L.A. And he's probably saying, you know what, this isn't the time for this. This isn't the time to add more adversity to my team. My team needs needs to get comfortable, and we got to get back to our winning ways, and we're probably not doing it with two of the pairs tossed around here. So, yeah, I, I think I applaud the coach for trying it, and I applaud the coach for saying early on in the experiment, no, I'll put the brakes on this thing. <laughs> sometimes that's the way to do it, man. you got to admit sometimes, okay, my timing sounded good. It wasn't. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Mark Spector joins us in uh, hey. Roger Sports. That's spec. Um, what did you make of the uh, Battle of Ontario? Got a little spicy at the end. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know what? I'm an old school guy, and I like, I like the fact that all the games have different cultures. I like the fact that baseball players get sour when you show off. You know, I like the fact that there's there's the players have some nuances that have been forged over a hundred years. You can't bunt to break up a no hitter. You know, you shouldn't slap a puck into an empty net. I like that. And the people that don't like it are all generally speaking, I'm generalizing here, mostly outsiders who aren't part of that culture and didn't help 
you know, that culture wasn't passed down to us sports writers. It was passed down to the players. I like the fact that hockey players have a culture. Mm-hmm. You know, does it? No, it's not okay to go cross-check a guy in the face. Obviously, Riley did the wrong thing, and he'll get suspended. But I don't – I like the fact hockey players have some of these inside – I guess we call it inside baseball. I think it's cool. There should be some things inside their culture that they control. The more the play, when the players controlled the game, there was less dangerous things going on. Now that's long gone, and now guys do whatever they want. I'm not sure I didn't like it better the old way. What do you think? Well, I really the only I had two issues. Number one, Riley is a player who's clearly not somebody who does you know physical stuff very often because he delivered the cross check where he shouldn't. If you deliver that right on the arm spec, and then the scrum starts, no one's even talking about it. No one's even mentioned it. Yeah. So I didn't like, like, I have no problem with the slap shot. I kind of like the greasiness of it. I, cause, and trust me, Ridley Gregg knew the minute he took, the minute he was crossing the blue line right. thinking, I'm going to slap this. Cause that's who he is. Anybody who's followed his career knows he's got a little rat to him, right? Um, Corey Perry, Evander Kane, guys who that's talked fine. about it, right? Like there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying having a rat means you're, where you're wrong. You stand out. There's nothing wrong with it. And it's not like he was hurting someone. He just knows how to stir the pot and that's good for the game. Yep. And then Riley comes I'm in. Fine with it. It's against your big rival, right? You're pissed off. You lost him. Of course he's mad. So he's like, well, I got to do something. But he doesn't really know how to do it, right? And so he does it in the wrong spot. Like I said, how do you cross-check him in the shoulder spec and there's a scrum? It's not even talked about, right? Uh, he may, he might get a fine because of somebody's ultra-sensitive. But the other thing, the only thing I didn't like from Greg, I hate diving. He sold that like he yeah. had been absolutely knocked out, and he wasn't. And so that's the only thing uh, I didn't like uh, about it from either part. I didn't like where the stick placement was, and preferably, you know what, Riley. And if you look, the minute he touched him, his one hand's off his stick. It's not overly violent. The guy's not hurt, but I, I, I get the optics of it. The guy didn't miss. I, but I don't like the fact that he's like they're talking like this guy's going to get six to ten games. Like I'm sorry. It's not worth that. Like Brandon Gallagher, if we're talking headshots, don't tell me it's a cross check. It's a headshot. Brandon Gallagher's headshot is infinitely worse. There's no doubt in my mind it's infinitely more dangerous. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the things I think that gets missed is, you know, and they're going to call you me a dinosaur for saying this, but obviously when people fought more, uh, you know, the guys like Ridley Gregg, didn't just go down and cover their head and lie on the ice till all the festivities stopped. But I think one of the things that's getting missed here is this. I've heard a lot of comments saying, well, if Ridley, if Riley thinks he's, it's, you know, old school and the code, he should have fought the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, as we know, you can't fight in the last minute of a game where you get an automatic suspension. So, so I think th- when I watched that play out, I kind of thought that was one where the rule book worked against it. If, 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 if Morgan Riley would have just gone over and dropped his gloves and maybe they had a fight, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. No, but, he, but, but then he probably the gets way to come. he gets the instigator in the final 10 minutes, right? And then he gets the penalty and then the coach yeah, gets so a fine. Yeah. Hockey players are conditioned not to have to fight yeah. in that situation, Jason. Yeah. We saw with Darnell Nurse the playoffs last year. Yeah. Hockey players are conditioned. Don't drop your gloves. Is it the last 10 or the last five? I forget. Whatever it is. So, you know what? That rule worked against this situation a little bit. I think that if if Riley would have just gone over and dropped the gloves, maybe Greg would have fought with him. I don't know. Yeah. But he can't do that because the rule book won't let him. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, it's a very fair point. Um, Spec, the uh, the other big story of the weekend is Nick Taylor. 
That was a hell of a golf. Uh, I don't know if yeah. you were watching it or not, but it was, uh, I was, I was lucky I was at first round, so I could watch both at once at Super Bowl and the golf. And, uh, like, I'm not a, like, golf to me is, is not a sport that I'm always riveted by, but I was riveted by the last six holes. It was unbelievable theater. Crunch shot, clutch shot after clutch shot for him. It was fantastic to watch. And, uh, what a huge victory for him after coming up, uh, second to Scheffler in a playoff last year. Yeah, it's cool when we get a Canadian. Like, I'm watching, too. And I, I was in route during the end of it. I saw some last night. I watched all the highlights today, and he just kept making clutch shots and clutch pots. Like, you know, actually, one of the things I thought was interesting, though, uh, if we can get off of Nick Taylor a little bit, that, that what do they call it now, Jay? The wasted management. <laughs> they're so drunk. Yeah, we talked about it. They, um, yeah, they jumped the shark on that one, Speck. They, well, they may have, but, you know, it's funny. Uh, someone said this, I, I forget who I read, where I read it, but you know, a, a baseball player is asked to hit a 96 mile an hour ball. That's probably moving one way or the other. And the crowd's screaming and yelling and everyone's making all this noise. And a golf guy, a golf player is looking down at a ball that's not moving. It's all on his own terms. And we're all supposed to shut up and be completely quiet the whole time. <laughs> so I get it. It's the culture of golf. Yeah, but you know what? It's a hell of a lot harder to hit a baseball than it is to hit a golf ball, pal. Yeah, it's true. But hey, like you said, hey, you like the different cultures of the different sports. I do. <laughs> I know that that culture is a little protective, though. If you can't even have a, I don't know, whatever. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, because like I say, I've tried to hit both. I don't hit either very well but at least the golf ball sitting on the ground for you right in front of you. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you can hit it. Doesn't mean you're going to hit it straight though. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, the key about it, but yeah. it is, you well, know, as far as these guys it's more so I just think like the U S open has on average 75 to 100,000 people a day. This tournament, okay. um, this weekend, their goal going in was 1.3 million, which is 320, uh, 325,000 people a day. Right. You're wow. talking like it's just too big. It's ridiculous. Right. Like that's why, you know, you, you've gone to, you, you had a good thing going. It was fun. The players were liking it, you know, and it was really the 16th hole. You created the one hole, but now they try to take the one hole and expand it to 18. Well, that doesn't really work. And, and that's what you're seeing now. Like I walk, cause I walked the course when I was there for the post Malone concert before and I'm walking the course and I'm seeing how they set up and I'm just like, like, dude, this, and I just said to my buddy, cause I was talking to one of the organizers, like, it's kept growing and growing. They're like, yeah, that's like supposed to be one. They'd have tickets for 1.3 million. I'm like, well, that's 325,000 people a day. And I'm like, like, where do you put them all? Right. Like, cause you have 20,000 on one hole in the 16 and that's with like stands and everything. Right. Even if you do that on every hole spec, it's still not, uh, it becomes, and, and they don't have that's it. Like it's crazy. People. So they're, they're just, I, they probably just have to rethink their strategy. Cause what will happen eventually is the players will be like, it's not worth going here. Right. Uh, we had Mark Zacchino talking about the stamp that you get as a tournament that, that attracts the big players. Well, if you don't get that after the following year, well, guess what? Now the big players don't come. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I guess I'd probably ask if, if they're getting that many people there, there should be a lot of revenue going back to the golfers. Holy cow. <laughs> you know, how many, like, the, you would think the purses so. of that tournament should be higher than everywhere else if they're that, getting that kind of revenue. Cause I'm sure tournaments are, are, uh, tickets are not cheap. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's it, crowd control is an issue. There's that's three hundred thousand people a day. That's just 
Yeah. Come on. Well, that's why they had to shut it down on Saturday. No, they shut it down. They people who had tickets couldn't even get in because they shut down the alcohol sales because it was too much. So I do like the wait, get wasted management <laughs> open. It's not. Uh, sounds not, like uh, sounds like one of those old specs decks. Yeah, it's true. On. Yeah, exactly. Where's old <laughs> Where's old hammock girl? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a classic. Fun times. Uh, sec, I, yeah, yeah, you probably haven't found all your Rashad cards yet either. <laughs> uh, have a good one, buddy. We'll chat with you tomorrow. All right, Jay. There you go. That's uh, Mark Spector. The, oh, Spec Stack. That was a classic. Uh, you know, one of the uh, invited participants had a, a little bit of tough go there. In the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make it very long. Everybody else did. It was just kind of an outlier. It was an outlier. Uh, we'll come back. Kevin Woodley. What a week for the orders. They're facing some really hot goaltenders. We'll find out from Woodley. It's the best way to attack them. Detroit, St. Louis, and Dallas. Next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, coming to you live in the EWEL studio, EWEL.ca, for all your electrical needs. 527. Ooh. The Truba train arrived again. Welcome back to The Gregor Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Jacob Truba, hard, clean hit. Uh, this time, uh, Jacob Pelche, the uh, recipient of it. Oof. I just tweeted out cons, but it's uh, honestly, is there a better hitter in the NHL right now than Jacob Truba? Like hard, ninety. Like of course, when you hit as often as he does, every now and then you're going to people going to say, "Oh yeah, but remember the one time it was too high?" Well, of course. But look at how many clean heart, man. It is the timing of that is very difficult. I think it's highly underrated and, uh, it, it's just an element that very few players have in today's game because it's hard. It's hard to do. So big hit for him for sure. Let's go, uh, in the room now brought to you by next gen transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100%, uh, locally owned. And uh, operated, and they got some uh, new platform trailers in and ready to roll right now at nextgentransportation.com as uh, Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine and uh, NHL.com joins us. Woodley, how you doing, man? I'm good. Yourself? Hey, I'm uh, I'm excellent. Um, well, we'll get into the, the the goalies the orders are facing this week because it's a pretty good trio uh, for them to test. But um, the numbers on David Riddich and what you've seen, um, like to me, he's clearly taken over as the number one. I think the Kings they come out of a, a, a lengthy break and they give him the start against one of the hottest teams in the league, the Edmonton Orders, and he he pitches the shutout. But you know, a lot of people are like, okay, is this just a smoke and mirrors, or is Riddich now found a situation, or as you like to use? you know, an environment that is um, suitable for his style of play as a goalie. Well, I mean, the irony is I think the Kings environment is probably good for any goalie, right? Like it's, it's a positive defensive environment. The thing with David is, you know, I was looking at that game kind of closely because I was looking for sort of some of the looser movements, the extra movement um, that has cost him in the past. Like he's, he's got talent unquestionably. I had, I had goalie coaches early in his career, Jason, compare him to Carey Price in terms of some of the mechanics and save execution. Um, and that's obviously pretty lofty comparison, but there were elements that, you know, I could kind of see making sense. He just had a tendency to be busy, had a tendency to sort of, it almost, you know, you don't see what's going on between the ears, but it looked like the attention would wander. Um, he didn't play tight all the time. There was sort of a looseness and a flow. I saw a goalie who was in control for most of the game. I didn't see a lot of those habits. The numbers sort of back it up, but of course it's a small sample size. But we talked about this last week. To me, 
he's a guy you needed to give some run cutting coming out of the break to decide, you know, how much do we need help in LA in terms of between the pipes? And I thought he was excellent as much as the Oilers didn't generate a ton in that Kings game. Uh, some of those point blank chances, his ability to recover uh, and battle and get across and build some vertical coverage above the pads. Uh, there was exposure there, but you know, not to the degree we've seen in the past, not a lot of uh, over aggression or, you know, empty net tap-ins because he was too aggressive on one side. I just, I liked what I saw now. Small sample means you got to keep it up, but at the very least, he's clearly played his, his, his way into being an option for them and may maybe have them rethinking what they do heading into the deadline. Because in terms of adjusted save percentage, the only guy that's been better than him uh, on the season as a whole is Aiden Hill. Yeah, well, Aiden Hill's been uh, pretty good. There's no question about that. Um, so now uh, I asked you last week, and you said you're going to dig into the numbers uh, going back to basically December 1st here. Um, looking at, uh, at Calvin Pickard and, and Skinner. And so, you know, Skinner's numbers obviously have been very good, Kevin. Now, Pickard hasn't played a ton of games, but there's a lot of people wanting, you know, does Emmett, and I always keep saying, well, who's the better option out there, right? Like, who are the better? Cause I look at Jake Allen's numbers and I'm sorry, Jake Allen's numbers aren't having me go, ooh, I think this is clearly better, especially when you look at his cap hit. Um, so am I wrong on Pickard? What are you seeing? What are the numbers telling you? The adjusted numbers. Well, first, let's start with Skinner, because I was surprised. Like, we know he's been really good since December 1st, and the environment's been, you know, goalie-friendly. I just talked about it. Same with L.A. Like, the Kings have one of the and, – and the Oilers have, you know, two of the best defensive environments in the league. But Skinner at plus two point, like, exact same numbers as Riddick, just a hair below in adjusted save percentage, Jason. Like, the only, the only guys that have been better since December 1st, Aiden Hill we mentioned, and in that stretch, Jacob Markstrom. Like, he's fourth in the NHL in that period of time in terms of adjusted save percentage. So I just I wanted to make sure I threw that out there because there's a lot of talk like, hey, Connor Hellebuck should be the favorite for the Vezina now, and I'm, I'm not disagreeing. But since December 1st, Rich, or sorry, Stuart Skinner has actually outperformed him by you know a not insignificant margin. So full credit there. In terms of Calvin Pickard and what he's given them, 23rd in the league, so plus 1.1% since December 1st, which I think gives him a little time to settle in after the call-up. I'm not sure he was entirely comfortable there early on, but he looks it now. Um, and, yeah, there's nights like against Anaheim where he gave you exactly what you needed, expected goaltending, basically leave a- league average goaltending, yeah. and that was enough on that night. Overall, though, he's above that. And some of the guys below him since December 1st, names like Connor Ingram that, you know, we've talked about as sort of like, you know, one of the top, you know, potential targets for teams or, you know, just a top guy, a Canadian option for, um, you know, the Four Nations Cup in the next couple of years. Other names that are below him, how about Thatcher Demko at only plus 1% since December 1st. Now we're talking like, you know, that's that's full over two months of playing action there. UC Saros is below him. Um, You know, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. You know, some, some names out there. What, you know, what about quick, a lot of buzz there? Like there's a lot of names out there, a lot of big names that haven't performed as well as Calvin Pickard has done since December 1st. What about Flurry, Merzlikens, and Allen? The three guys that, you know, people are looking at as trade options. I, I would assume uh, are any of them better than him since December 1st? Hey, listen, Marc-Andre Fleury's not that far behind Stuart Skinner since December 1st. We talked about him last week. Like, since the coaching change in Minnesota, he has been full value. He is playing really, really well. doesn't reflect in the raw numbers because the expected save percentage, the environment isn't nearly as good. But I'd be still all over the Marc-Andre Fleury chain. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, 
has also sort of rectified things. He's at plus 1.2%. So he's just 0.1 ahead of Calvin Pickard, not a huge margin better. Uh, and I got to be honest, I have to scroll quite a ways down the list before I come to Jake Allen, who's not playing as regularly, but he's basically break even in that time. And his expected save percentage in Montreal, like, hey, listen, not as good a team. Um, it's a full 10 points below uh, the expected save percentage of Calvin Pickard in his starts with the Edmonton Oilers. So it's a much tougher environment. But it's not like like it's still right around league average. It's not yeah. like it's terrible lowest in the league. And he's break even, which is, as I said, you know, if Pickard's 23rd in the league in that stretch, uh, Jake Allen's 46th. Yeah. Now, you know, when you look at the overall adjusted, you look at guys and, you know, like limited games, if, if Skinner, like he'll, like to me, I'm a big believer. You can have numbers, but the longer you do it, the more impressive it is to me. If you had like Pickard's only played eight games and hey, that's all the games he got in, but you know, his eight games compared to guy doing a 20, it's going to be harder to maintain those numbers over 20, right? So uh, I always, always like to add that in. Um, now let's look at a guy who it's funny in Detroit, Kev, you have the exact same team when you have, Alex Lyon in goal, he has a 921 save percentage and the team wins way more. When it's, and he's played 22 games. The backups or the other two goalies, uh, play 28 games and they have an 893 save percentage. I can't think that the team environment is that grossly different just because Lyon's in goal compared to, uh, to, uh, to Reimer and Husso. Um, Corey Lyon has really kind of, you know, saved the season in Detroit. And guess what? In December when they struggled, who was out? Alex Lyon. So he's clearly made a big difference for them. Yeah, I mean, he's top 10 in adjusted save percentage. He's top 10 in goals saved above expected. He's having a hell of a year. I mean, don't forget, this is a guy who pretty much on his own when Sergei Bobrovsky was hurt last year, got the Florida Panthers into the playoffs. So it's not like, um, you know, success like this isn't totally foreign to him. I'm actually, to be honest, a little bit surprised that he was sort of signed to be the third guy there, that yeah. there weren't other teams that were looking at him like he could be an upgrade for them. And, you know, in sort of breaking down his numbers and looking at his style, one of the things that I noticed last year with the Panthers, especially in the playoffs, because obviously you have to look a little closer. I do that project for NHL.com where we're sort of breaking things down in the postseason. The aggression in his game, especially on on man rushes early in the playoffs, like he was way out compared to most goaltenders in the league today. And I do wonder how many teams maybe looked at the numbers he had last year, which were maybe not where they are this year, top 10 in the NHL, but they were still really impressive. But then sort of met, looked at the video and said, nah, like, you know, it's one of those things, like how long can he keep getting away with it? And yet he did. When I look at him in Detroit, he's a lot more contained, Jason. Like he's nowhere near as aggressive to me on rush chances. He still plays out and plays with little flow. And there are times when he widens out in his stance and you can sort of target that with East-West plays uh, and quick shots. But I think his game is a lot more in control, a lot less aggressive. And I think maybe that's part of the reason we're seeing this consistency. Um, as I said, like a guy who was signed, you know, by all means to sort of be third on their depth chart or competing for the backup job. And he's top 10 in the entire league at this point of the season. Um, there are some ways you can get to him. Uh, one of the areas uh, that he struggles on, well, two. One is breakaways, which, hey, like breakaways are tough on any goaltender. <laughs> yeah. But you can sort of get him widened out as he does retreat and sort of the legs get spread out. You can get him to commit early with, with little pump fakes and stuff and then basically just take it around him. We saw Philip Hironik do that coming out of the penalty box for the Vancouver Canucks, and there's a, a number of instances like that when I watch through the video. And then the other one is one-timers especially in the slot. Now, hey, listen, one-timers in the slot, tough chance. But what I noticed when I went through the video, a lot of it was from plays down low. 
And then you think of how well the Oilers work, especially even on a power play. I think a dry sidle off on the uh, on the right wing with that sharp angle shot that he's got, and and just how deadly accurate he is with it. Uh, low high plays and one timers that make him work off his posts. That's one way to go after Alex Lyon. As good as he's been this season, those are the statistical weaknesses, uh, and that's how it sort of matches the eye test, the type of plays that seems to give him fits within that. Okay. Um, uh, Biddington and uh, Ottinger, the other two goalies the Oilers are going to face this week. Uh, obviously, you know what? Uh, pretty good goalies. Ottinger was out for a bit. Now he's back in. Uh, how, how's Biddington played, especially with the new change? The the, the Blues are playing way better uh, overall. How much is it systemic change? What's been the difference? Have you noticed a distinct improvement in the goaltending numbers because of it? Well, I mean, I think they've just gotten tighter. I mean, you, you've heard me talk about when you talk about narratives around the St. Louis Blues. The false one ever since they won the cup is that they're a great defensive team. They may have played well in that playoff run, but ever since then, they've leaned way too heavily on goaltending. Um, Jordan Bennington got off to a great start this year to the point where, uh, you know, he would have been in the quarter pole Vezna discussion if I had a vote, like he was that good early on. It's been tough for him to maintain it throughout a season. I think part of that is when the environment is that tough and the chances are that great A on a consistent basis, it's kind of hard to sort of stay above that. Uh, but since the coaching change, he's been really good. You know, we talked about uh, the numbers for, uh, for for the Oilers goalies since December 1st. Jordan Bennington's flirting with top 10 at plus 1.4%. Uh, Joel Hofer's been a nice story for them as well. He's hovering around plus 1% on the season, which is pretty good as well. Um, it's, you know, listen, like, those are they're, – they're getting some really good goaltenders coming into town this week. With Bennington, what's interesting to me in terms of, you know, how you attack him, again – it's interesting. Breakaways are a problem there. Yeah, hey, breakaways are tough, but you can still either do well or do poorly against them. He's like a full almost four goals below expected when it comes to breakaways. A couple of the trends I noticed there, like um, sort of almost like he wants to protect the top of the net and he's exposed himself five-hole a little bit more. So quick shots and deeks through the five-hole, 12 five-hole goals already this season, which is a really high total. So you either quick shot him five-hole, open him up five-hole, or you go top glove. Really good along the ice like most goalies are except for five hole and then just over the pads he does a really nice job of building coverage just over the pad so if you're going to beat him on clean looks it's got to be upstairs like top shelf type stuff the other area he struggles with broken plays uh tough to create other than funneling pucks into dangerous areas and making sure you've got bodies there that are winning battles uh but it's one of the few statistical weaknesses in his game uh because it's been otherwise a really good season for jordan bennington and lastly, uh, Jake Ottinger, the order is going to likely face him on Saturday afternoon. Well, listen, um, if if you had given me those three names at the start of the season and said, which goalie were you most likely to have to focus on the closest? I think we all would have said Jake Ottinger, but by far having the worst season of those three. Whereas Alex Lyon's top 10 and Biddington's flirting with it. Jake Ottinger's just break even on the season and well down that list. I think part of this is injuries. And I'm not sure a lot of people were even aware uh, that in the summer he had ankle surgery and that kept him off the ice for a long time. I think early in the season, he saw some positives in it. Felt like he was more refreshed having not spent as much time training and on the ice. Um, but this season's gone on and, and, and another injury since then, he's just sort of struggled to sort of, maintain the high standard that he set early in his career, right? This is a guy what I think a lot of people would have had on the list for Team USA heading into the Four Nations uh, Cup next year. I think statistically, 
there's a lot of guys that are ahead of him. So it's sort of on him to regain that form. Really struggled with screens this year, well below expected there. Broken plays we talked about with Bennington. Those can be tough on any goaltender. Uh, but rebounds, uh, a really sort of glaring um, area of weakness this year. I do wonder, you know, and there's a little bit of this in Skinner's game as he switched to pads that produce more active rebounds. Uh, teams are recognizing that. Goalies like the pads that create longer, harder rebounds because the thought process is it buys me more time to recover rather than a rebound that just bounces five feet out. It goes 20, 25. But we're seeing off the rush, if teams shoot earlier in sequences and create those rebounds, they're very cognizant of what brand guys are wearing and how the puck comes off them. And in in several cases, it feels like those long rebounds, they're sort of sitting out there further away, especially off the rush with quick one-timers. And so that puck's actually getting to them quicker from distance, and they're able to sort of beat them before the goalie can recover laterally. So, you know, one of those areas that you can look to target if you can generate odd man chances against the Dallas Stars. Not always easy to do, but when they have, it's been an issue for Jake Ottinger this year. Kev, great stuff, my man. As always, really appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful week. Perfect. Thanks, Jason. You too. There you go, Kevin Woodley. Great rundown, as always, from the K-Man. Lots of different goaltender talks. So you heard the numbers on uh, Calvin Pickard. uh, Stuart Skinner's been very good. The Orders have a very good defensive system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Very goalie-friendly environment. They'll want to keep playing that way. Now they just, and you know what? They're creating a lot of chance. They're not finishing. They just, they got to get better finish. And I think they need a little bit better starts lately. Their first period, they kind of been a little bit feeling their way into games. Get up and attack. That'd be my, and now obviously attack smart like they have been, but they don't want to just finish their chances. They should be uh, fine. This will be a good test this week. Detroit's playing well. St. Louis is playing well. Dallas a good team. So are the orders. This should be a, a fun week. Some good games to watch. Sadly, probably all unders, too. Brutal. Hopefully I'm wrong. But uh, lately, that's the trend. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we will return. We'll hear from uh, uh, Chris Knobloch. Uh, we're going to have uh, Corey Perry on the show tomorrow and more on The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, Sports 1440. How are you? 
busy show, man. I can't believe it. Four hours almost come and gone today. That is great. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we'll set up the orders and the Detroit Red Wings. Oilers just say hey, they want to get some more offense. That's uh, really their, their head coach. We'll get to, uh, to Chris Knobloch now, the uh, head coach of the Oilers. And he just talks about, um, you know what? They're, uh, he's, he's not that concerned. Uh, about their uh, their team right now, but starts off just uh, who was asked about uh, Kane and Perry and uh, their kind of instant chemistry. Well, they both play to their strengths right now, and they're so good down low and protecting the puck and being able to make those little slip passes into the slot and creating some scoring chances, and they're both hungry going to the net, and um, obviously they're playing with a pretty good uh, centerman who will help them along the way. But, you know, I think... Um, you know, I think the break was good for a lot of the guys. And, um, you know, Anders come back and is looking more like his regular self and, you know, obviously contributing on the offensive side, not only with the three goals in Anaheim, but had some really good looks the other night too. And uh, we'll get to uh, – oh, I thought we were just going to play the uh, the whole thing there. But we'll get um, more on uh, Knobloch on um, – the uh, the D pairings over the weekend, what he saw, uh, how it went. It's so difficult to evaluate um, just in such a short period of time. And I think we wanted to have a look at what's what uh, chemistry and if we can get more out of guys and also balancing ice times on, you know, maybe a guy playing a little more than they should or other guys we feel that they could probably be providing a little more if they're on the ice. And... You know, I thought some guys stepped up, and but I think ultimately it is so important to have the chemistry of partners um, playing together. And we're going to go back with the our regular D pairs. And uh, Vinny DeHarnay uh, did get uh, a boost up uh, this when He was asked, uh, uh, Rashog asked him, uh, does he feel there's room to grow in DeHarnay's game? I think our you look at our third pair, and I think both of them can contribute more. I think they've been an outstanding third pair, and I don't know if there's a better pair in the NHL for a third pair. And um, the, the, obviously, I'm probably very biased, um, but around the league, what I see is that's a very strong um, group. And can they handle a little bit more? Yes, and but we're happy with everybody's how well they're playing. So. Um, you know, it's difficult, but I know if, heaven forbid, you know, there will be an injury, somebody goes down and and we have to val- or, um, elevate one of those two players, Kulak or Desi, we know they can handle more minutes. So we definitely like their game. And the uh, scoring, what has he seen from his group five on five that's led to the kind of the recent uh, lack of offense, at least five on five from the team? A lot of it is finishing, just being able to put the puck in the net. Um, throughout the season, our finishing rate has been um, one of the lowest in the NHL, if not the lowest. It was before I got here, during I'm here, um, and now this break, and it's only a short sample, but the last three games after the break, it has been really really low um so there's a little bit of that but also i think as a group we need to just be going to the net simplifying our game and being a little more quicker in the offensive zone rather than being on the perimeter um you know looking for the nice pass fancier plays we can be a little more direct and 
there's a few players that can make those fancy plays. Obviously, we've got two of them, um, but ultimately, as a as a group, we want to be a little more quicker and a little more direct. And so, on top of that, does he want more pucks funneled to the net? Uh, what does he want from his team? We don't want to give away pucks. I think uh, part of the reason why we've been defending and keeping our goals against down is because we haven't been giving away the pucks. And the less, the more you possess it, less you have to defend. So I think that's the biggest reason why, um, you know, our defense has been much better. But there's a balance on how much you sacrifice that and you end up sacrificing um, the offensive side of it. So we want to score goals. We have to be careful on throwing pucks to the slot blind or just feeding their transition. We don't want to be doing that. But we want to speed things up and we need to get pucks and bodies around the net a little bit more than we have. So there you go. Look for, uh, Hey, I love what he said. Their finishing rate just has been ridiculously low all year long. So if they can improve that, we'll have chances, but they got uh, some tough tests coming up uh, this week in Detroit, St. Louis and Dallas, but that's good. That's what they need. See if they get back on the winning track. The one thing the orders have to avoid, like they got to go like two and one this week. Uh, I just don't think you want to get all of a sudden you win two out of six games. So I think they need to go at least two and one this week in uh, three tough games. Connor Halley, happy belated birthday. Enjoy the, well, not belated, I guess, but uh, happy uh, steak dinner birthday. Enjoy that. Thank you very much, Gregor. Uh, on behalf of the birthday boy, Connor Halley, uh, Declan Kruger, and uh, all of our guests, if you missed any, go to jasongregor.com or anywhere where you get your uh, podcast and get all the show. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Orders Nation, YouTube, and Facebook. Let's get to the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Douglas Mattress. You can experience their industry-leading risk-free trial, 365 risk-free trial. Don't like it? You can get a full refund, no questions asked, and they donate all those mattresses to charity. Learn more, go to douglas.ca slash Nation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.